Time to abandon ship. Can I persuade you to join us for a drink? It's a tradition. Here, here. Jar Jar, homie, my main man. Quickly, before the Separatists attack, get into the escape pod. Hey, this is escape, then we're the Welcome back to Star Wars Escape Pod. Hope you guys are all enjoying Star Wars The Clone Wars. Uh, we're uh, reaching the halfway point of season four here, and uh, we're going to be chatting about uh, items uh, 77 through 79 on our chronological list, which is episodes uh, 411, Kidnapped, 412, Slaves of the Republic, and 413, Escape from Cadavo. It's the, st- uh, the Cadavo story arc, which is uh, a pretty good, pretty good story arc in season in season four. So let's uh, chat about this with none other than Diego. Cadavo, interesting yeah. story arc. Welcome back, Diego. Thanks, buddy. Good to be back. That opening theme, it always gets me. Whether it's the Clone Wars version or the original main opening theme, like it just it, it always gets me. I love it. It's actually, in the more recent seasons, it's actually uh, been enhanced a little bit. Like They, they reorchestrated it because in, in the earlier seasons, it, it actually sounds a bit more uh, toned down. It's a bit more dull. Believe it or not, yeah. So, so this uh, this one is actually, yeah. It, it it's awesome. Like like it definitely grows on you. But over time, it was it was cool to see that they actually kind of improved it to a degree as well. Just made it a little more orchestrated. Hmm. And yeah, they do this in like the most recent season. I'm guessing. I think yeah. I f- I forget exactly when they kind of transitioned out of the original one. But I was just flicking through a season one episode the other day. And I, I just, I only just noticed it and I was like, oh, wow, like that, that sounds kind of different. But when you watch episode by episode, you just, things like that, you just don't notice, right? Uh, like I'm still noticing some things and it's like my seventh time or eighth time going through this series, like in, you know, in a row kind of thing. So, uh, which is pretty crazy, but, uh, yeah, so we got the Cadavo arcs to chat about, which is kind of interesting. So I don't know how long it'll last, but we can just kind of go as long as whenever, however much we got to talk about. But, um, first episode is, is kidnapped, which is number 77 on our list and the first episode in this arc. But, uh, did you... Did you want to real quickly kind of like listen to Dave Filoni for like 30 seconds? He's got actually it's a eh, it's about a minute, but yeah, he chats. He chats a little bit about kind of the arc of this episode and, and some of the stuff behind the scenes. So let's just check this out. Absolutely. Supervising director of Star Wars The Clone Wars right here. This was originally a comic book by our dear friend Henry <laughs> Gilroy. <Yeah>. Hi, Henry. <laughs> so yeah. tell us about that. Henry wrote. The, the comic books 
as if they took place early in the Clone Wars, when Ahsoka was very young and when Ventress was mm. still Dooku's apprentice. There were a lot of things in the comic books that we couldn't recreate because we've got to make it fit with the current series and where we are in the timeline and what Ahsoka's like now. She's kind of different in tone. Mm -hmm. um, Ventress can't be there. We've got to take her out of the story. And he and I discussed what we could do and, and we had to rewrite it to fit the series. And what Henry Yori brings to the table is that he understands we're going to deliver great action set pieces. So he sets us up for them really well. He, mm -hmm. he loves throwing a creature in there for the Jedi to get entangled with. Um, he loves, you know, putting them in, in very precarious situations, knowing that we'll get inspired to really make those scenes great. And, and he tells a great story through action. All right, yeah, it's just a little tidbit there. But yeah, uh, when this show was kind of running, uh, they also had a comic series going on simultaneously, which kind of told Clone Wars stories with the same characters. But they were kind of, uh, it, it was kind of a misfit. It, it, it's, it was sort of supposed to tell stories interwoven with the show, but they technically weren't really canon at the time. So, uh, and even today, they kind of don't really line up with anything because even in the expanded universe, like the expanded universe adapts canon into kind of the main anchors and the show being kind of a duplicated story arc from those comic books, those comic books are kind of made irrelevant these days, but, uh, like even more so <laughs> other than the fact that they're not canon anymore. So, um, yeah, just, uh, just a, tad, a little tidbit there, but you know, it, it just goes to show though, like nothing at Lucasfilm ever gets thrown out. Um, you know, so to speak, like, like things are always either kept in a drawer or in a, in a, in a file cabinet kind of thing. And, uh, inspiration kind of cycles around the mulberry bush. So it is kind of cool to, to know that this story arc is inspired by a story arc that actually originated from a comic book series that was inspired by this very show. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, uh, so what's the fortune cookie on this one? Yeah, so um, uh, where we are going always reflects where we came from. Uh, so very interesting <clears throat> fortune cookie for this episode, uh, and really this entire arc, because um, uh, it's 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 has a lot to do with slavery um, and mm -hmm. like uh, just hypocrisy and a lot of things um but yeah um i mean the first first thing i i, I didn't really write down the story uh as it, as it went i just kind of wrote down some interesting facts or things that popped in yeah um, they're kind of they're kind of sprinkled throughout the show like i would say first one being that the fortune cookie really actually a hundred percent i would say has a lot to do with anakin skywalker being the fact that he was once uh you know, like, well, it's where we are going always reflects where we came. And I mean, the guy used to be a slave, right? And uh, like where he's headed in in the direction that we see not only his life, but like his current position. And throughout this story arc, uh, you know, like it, it just kind of has a bit of meaning towards that. Definitely. Um, uh, you know, and, and with... Um you know, Anakin coming from a, a slavery background with him and his, uh, his mother, we do see a lot of parts in this entire arc where Anakin, you know, he gets quite upset and 
Like, yeah, very angry. He, he, we see we see sort of that dark side um, undertone that he has, and it does come up in the in the in the arcs whether in the arc whether it be you know uh, force choking someone or you know angrily putting his his lightsaber to someone's neck you know and not igniting it or whatever. Um, but mm. yeah, just just him being very angry in this. Very uh, non Jedi like techniques. Yes, very much so. Very much so. Yeah. Um, um and 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 this this arc really really uh had a lot to show in terms of how uh his connection to things so you know he sees people are in slavery he doesn't like it he wants to he may not necessarily even know some of the people who are in slavery but you know they're it still means something to him because he came from that background and he just does not want that for yeah. anyone so um yeah. Yeah, a lot of personal depth uh, for Anakin in this one. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, I noticed that um, that Ahsoka, up until this point, still doesn't really know a whole lot about his past. And we kind of got a little tidbit of this back way back at the beginning uh, of the series, like when when Ahsoka is first kind of become his Padawan, and uh, they go to Tatooine again to return Rada the Hutlet to Jabba, right? and uh in the theatrical film and uh what we saw when they approached the planet was anakin kind of had a line that basically said like that he he hoped and thought that he'd never lay eyes on this dust ball again right Mm -hmm. and ahsoka was kind of like well that was cheerful and you know and she doesn't really understand that that anakin hates tatooine like he hates this place and and he doesn't like he doesn't like the memories associated with it and he doesn't like uh any part of it I mean, the guy grew up as a slave there and his mother died there like like he, there's no happy memories of him uh you know like living on tatooine or anything like that aside from the fact that he won his freedom through the pod race like there's there's pretty much nothing there that's good and uh, you know like he he obviously like hates slavery so <laughs> i mean you know, like Ahsoka doesn't know anything about any of this. Like she, she only kind of has, she's, she's been getting hints here and there, but, but it's in this very story arc halfway through the whole show that, uh, or just over halfway that Obi-Wan kind of has to explain to her that Anakin was once a slave and, uh, and she has had no idea. Right. So, so that really stuck out as a sore thumb of like, oh yeah. Okay. Like, even though we assume things happen between episodes and characters kind of tell this or that story, whatever, even in the Umbaran arc, like we got an example of how the clones know about Anakin's kind of childhood heroics blowing up that big, huge ship in episode one. Right. Um, but yeah, so we assume that like things happen between episodes, but at the same time, it's like, it's a big one to kind of notice that he's never talked about with her. Yeah. And, uh, interestingly enough, um, just before, uh, Ah Ahsoka kind of mentions that, like, uh, uh, talks about it with Obi Wan. Uh, there's a Zigerian message um, that uh, that Anakin sees, and he's he he later says, you know, I I want nothing to do with those uh, slavers, right? Slave owners, uh, and we can see he he like genuinely got angry with it, and you know, there's a, a they play the Imperial March very you know subtly in the background, and then it that's when Ahsoka kind of you know, sees that. And then Obi-Wan says, he hasn't really talked about his past with you, has he? 
uh, and then uh, Anakin kind of gives her the the lowdown on that, and um, it it kind of we see Ahsoka kind of we see her kind of take it in, but it's almost like I, I'm not gonna say in one out the other, but she like takes it in, but doesn't you know uh, doesn't really understand the 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 depth to his situation yeah you know whereas Anna or not Anakin whereas Obi-Wan does you know he saw him as a boy he saw him in the pod race he saw he him met him as a slave know. yeah exactly yeah. so he you know if anyone knows it as good as Anakin it would have to be Obi-Wan I mean he saw it all yeah so, yeah oh actually he met him shortly after he got his freedom but technically technically but Tec- you know, he saw yeah, he saw but, him he saw him before he was a jedi <laughs> yeah but yeah. i mean technically speaking like at that point yeah. like he's he's just been freed from uh slavery and like you know he's obviously gonna fill him in right yeah so, yeah fresh yeah. off Watto's junkyard yeah exactly exactly um still smells like garbage <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly um you know in in this episode there was a, a couple couple good uh action scenes one one thing that i actually really like that i forgot to mention is like there's a there's a scene where uh obi-wan and ahsoka and um anakin they are all on the speeders but they they articulate and it was cool because the one that anakin and ahsoka are on it's like okay picture like a 19 like a world war ii kind of motorcycle that had like the little the the, the passenger yeah thing yeah. you know what i'm saying but like picture that as a speeder but ahsoka it's like it's in, like the indiana jones uh yeah. kind of and his dad like riding the motorbike yeah it's basically like that kind of design yeah yeah totally and uh but it was cool because there's there's a you know a nice little shot where they're getting shot at by by someone else in the background right as as they're driving and yep. and uh, Ahsoka's a uh, little um passenger thing it articulates backwards and she starts shooting from there and I, that was uh that was pretty cool and I had to mention it because I <laughs> Yeah, I it's pretty it. awesome. Yeah. I, I got to ask you like what's your update on Ahsoka now? I I like, like her. her. You like her now. I do I do like her. I mean she she you know, full, full, fully embraced. Full, it it'll, fully it only embraced. took four seasons. <laughs> it, it, it took four seasons, but you know what? At this point, like she's. she's I, I did tell you. I did tell you it would get there. Yeah, yeah. I did tell um, you it would get there. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I, like quite honestly, man, like Ahsoka, like, and I, I even said this when we first started this podcast. Um, but uh, you know, I didn't like her from from the get go. She's just like, yeah, oh, her voice is so annoying. Like she's so whiny. I, I you know, shut up. But uh, <laughs> but you know, <laughs> she's she's uh, she's grown on me for sure. And yeah. um, you know, she's 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 earned her stripes for me. Like she's you know, she's shown that she's had hard times and she's mm-hmm. picked herself back up. She's shown her selflessness. Um, you know, she's shown her abilities, uh, as a, as a Jedi, you know, like she's, um, that's definitely, that's a hundred percent true. And that kind of actually leads into my next point that Anakin and Ahsoka on this level, like are, uh, in this episode is very clear, especially in the first episode here that they're on an equal ground almost of, of like respect. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Um, did you notice that they also kind of like, they're, they're very fluid, you know what I mean? Like in terms of how they conduct, uh, whether it's, you know, uh, how they come up with a plan to, you know, start an assault or, or yep. you know, like anything. Just the way that their communication and how their teamwork is, it's it's very... Um, in sync. 
it's very yeah very yeah, and, and that's that's exactly um kind of the the synergy between master and apprentice it's it's kind of supposed to be that way it's almost when you see anakin and obi-wan together as well right like you get that mm-hmm. same kind of dynamic except uh, there's a bit more of a uh a less kind of i don't know i mean like they're really close Mm-hmm. But at the same time, like it, it is still different than the way Anakin is with Ahsoka. But, but the the synergy that is all there still. Definitely, like uh, I would say, you know, Anakin and Obi Wan, like they they have some fluidity in how they work. Sometimes it really depends on the scenario because they, although they butt heads a lot of the time, like they do at the end of the day, they do, you know. Uh, you know, win, but, um, with, with Ahsoka and Anakin, like they're, they're more fluid in the sense that they're, they're kind of on the same, they have the same mindset where it's kind of like, you know, if, you know, if someone has to get force choke, then, you know, force choke them, whatever. Uh, whereas Obi-Wan's much more, I wouldn't say he's, he is by, he's more by the book, but he's not, you know, like, buy the book live for the book you know nothing Mm -hmm. but the book you know like he's yeah there's still a bit more of a gap between him and anakin in that regard and him and ahsoka because because obviously anakin has trained ahsoka to kind of adopt his methods a little more than how he's kind of accepted obi-wan's yes um and and i mean at this point in the clone war i think it's extremely safe to say that you know Anakin his he's in his ways you know he does he does work well with Obi-Wan and he does you know get the mission done and completed but um as far as like his own tactics like he is very nope let's try this and you know we'll we'll do it the old-fashioned way and they burn you know they they, they cut a hole in the in the door instead of you know like pushing the button right <laughs> you know, yeah. you know that was, an, that was like an interesting that. callback to the Phantom Menace too because that's pretty much the only theatrical film that we actually see that happen there was cut, a cut the, like the the, yeah i think so because because the uh, the only other time we saw it was in a, a an episode three deleted scene um but yeah when when the jedi are cutting through the door like we see it in clone wars all the time yeah but in the in the live action films we'd never see it only only in the phantom menace Believe it are you not. sure it's? Are you sure it's not also? I, I know there's. I know the dis- deleted scene you're talking about. Um, but is it not also? Oh no! You know what? Maybe it is. It's, it's, it's crazy, it's, right? Like it's like the one seen... where um, where R two is like fighting those droids. Or no, that's in the actual film. Yeah. So like, there's nowhere in the theatrical live action films that you see a Jedi cut open a door other than Qui Gon's little moment on the Trade Federation ship at the beginning of that movie. So it's actually every time that they do it throughout this cartoon, uh, throughout this show, it's funny that in this one in particular, he says, oh, we've got to do it the old fashioned way. It's a nice, it's a nice little tribute to that moment. Because if you're watching Star Wars chronologically, you watch The Phantom Menace first, right? Yeah. And then that moment is one of the first things that you ever see on screen. Uh-huh. So I think it's a really like fun kind of tribute to to that Liam Neeson moment there. Uh, just Anakin saying we gotta do it the old-fashioned way, you know. Call yeah. back to Qui Gon Jinn. Yeah. Um, yeah. I guess. I guess thinking back on it, like, yeah, because I can't think of a moment in Episode Two. Certainly not in any of the originals. Um, 
I'm not going to talk about the, the abortion trilogy because, you know, we already know how I stand on those. But anyways, um, <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, that's that's a that's a good point. Now that I think about it. Yeah, you're right. Um, you know, and 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 going back to kind of how Obi-Wan, Anakin and Ahsoka, how they're all they're all different. Right. Uh, you know, Obi-Wan has his own way. Same with the other two. Uh, Ahsoka has like a very interesting kind of mix because she has she has a little bit of everyone. She yeah, has, exactly. Like, yeah. You know, the best of, best of both worlds, but let's call it best of all worlds because you know there's many people we see she, in the show that yeah. actually take you know. She's the best blend. Her. Yeah, she's the best blend of all the people who have had influence, like Plo Koon, Obi Wan, yep. Anakin. She she's taken the best of all those things. She's almost. Yep. You could argue, aside from Qui Gon Jinn, she's almost the ideal kind of Jedi, in a way. Like she's she's growing into that. Mm-hmm. Like she, I I can tell only four seasons into the show that by the time this show is done, she's gonna be a pretty well rounded Jedi. Uh, as far as like you know, well rounded Jedi go, there's not a whole lot. I mean, we have we have Mace. We have Qui Gon. Um, I don't even know if I would put Yoda in there because I mean Yoda. Well, Yoda's just crazy. He's insane. Like he's- even well, even even Mace though. Like I I don't like I don't really see him personally like as as like a as a great like as a as an ideal kind of Jedi because he's he's one of those guys on the council that that denies Anakin training. And he's like super against it. Like, like he's all about the code, you know, the guy's all about the Jedi code, which at this point has all become like a political thing. And, and he's, he's way less kind of in tune as, as Qui-Gon is like Qui-Gon's like, uh, Qui-Gon I think is like the best example of what a Jedi should be like. Yeah. You know, have, have a, have a, you know, set of, set of rules to kind of live by if you will but also yeah. when 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 things need to be done you know get them done kind of thing uh, yeah and trust in the force is kind of like the biggest thing but but the yeah. jedi kind of they're almost like they're trusting they're, they're putting their their moral high ground on on a whole different level uh because they're holding it to like it's all about the code it's all about the code and like the hypocrisy is insane because like they're they're there are peacekeepers fighting a war and like, it always kind of goes back to that. But, uh, but yeah, I don't know. Um, yeah, you can tell Ahsoka has kind of got this, this, these, these attributes about her that, that are in the more of the positive to kind of like, you know, make a, make a, a better influence over, over her peers in the Jedi order. Like if she were to kind of, continue down the route that she's going and even that vision that she had on mortis about warning her saying like hey if you stay anakin's student like uh you will not see your future and so like even even the force is warning her saying like hey like dark days are ahead yeah um yeah i mean like we just said i can't really think of much other well-rounded um uh Jedi, but um, but you yeah. know, go, kind of going back to that, um, you know, Anakin, you know, he's if if he has to force choke someone or you know he has to kill someone to to you know make a make a point or something, he'll do it 
pretty much most of the time, right? Yeah. Um, you know, even if he's completely blinded by anger or not, at least in this point of the show, he'll he'll pretty much do it. But I mean, there's a a classic example, you know, like there's a, we have this Nigerian who uh, has a little hand to hand combat with uh, with Obi Wan Kenobi, and they have a bet, and the bet being if Obi Wan wins, uh, the the slaves are, are, are freed. Right. And mm-hmm. if the Nigerian wins, then he takes Obi-Wan as his prisoner to Dooku and, you know, uh, <laughs> essentially gets him killed. But, <clears throat> you know, he has so many opportunities, um, at this point in this episode, you know, uh, Anakin and Ahsoka are tasked. Uh, they're, they they want to, you know, defuse the bombs that are kind of planted all over the, this part of the city. And, yeah. um, they're, they they have this hand to hand combat uh, this Nigerian and Obi Wan Kenobi and he has multiple opportunities to you know <laughs> use the force pick him up uh, not necessarily choke him because that's not his thing but you know force push him into a wall or whatever um, multiple opportunities but he wants to he wants to you know be he wants to have a fair clean fight which is fine but I'm, and he wants to stall too he wants to make yeah. it look like the Nigerian is winning. Exactly, exactly. Um, and, and, you know, it's all part of his plan where Obi-Wan, he, he's, he's a thinker. He's not, he's very, he's very uh, analytical in, in how calculated. He, he's calculated in how he does things. Whereas yeah. Anakin is just kind of freestyle, you know, like, let's, let's just jump right into it, you know, like, yeah, yeah. His, his strategy is let's go. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like one, one, one speed, like forward. You know? Yeah. 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 We yeah. see it in the last episode too, when they were taking down that ship and, uh, you know, mm-hmm. they, freaking like jump like all the way over there and then as soon as they're on the ship and he starts taking the engine down ship is going down and everything and the soak is like hey what's the plan he's and he's like i don't know like <laughs> let me know <laughs> yeah pretty much pretty much i'm open, yeah, to, I'm open to suggestions right yeah yeah, yeah. oh man so yeah do, uh what else you got for this one because uh that's pretty much all i got um there uh let me see here let me see okay i have yeah i have one really interesting quote by yoda at the end we see it's a little scene where um they're kind of communicating through uh through holograms and yoda kind of says um you know slavery he has this interesting quote where he says slavery uh, is a great tool of the sith uh and you know it, it always it always makes me wonder like you know yoda he's he's old He's wise. He's in it. An amazing Jedi, amazing duelist, everything, Force user, what have you. Uh, and in all his wisdom, how does he not see certain things? I mean, he has mm-hmm. suspicions at at this point. He has suspicions that there's something, yeah. you know, there's something bigger here. There's something. There's some, you know, there's some salt being put in my coffee, kind of thing. But, yeah. um, but, <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, like, there's. There's, there's no way that, well, I'm not going to say there's no way, but, um, it's, it's, I always found it hard for me to believe, um, because, you know, we go all this time and Yoda being the, 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 the wise master he is, he, you know, Palpatine's antics and, you know, his real, um, you know, his real, uh, his, his, his true colors are being shown more and more and more. And come episode three, I mean, when they duel, I mean, it, it's uh, it's it's a pretty good fight. Um, but why why doesn't 
Yoda of all people. He's because he, you know, technically speaking, he's the most experienced out of everyone by hundreds of years. So why doesn't he just stop and think? Okay, forget this stupid code. There's something going on. Mm-hmm. Let's let's figure something out internally think, within within the council. But no, yeah, I, you know, for uh, him, he's the kind of character though. Uh, he's the kind of guy that that for for hundreds of years. I mean, like this kind of whole thing about the Jedi slowly kind of being well it, over time has kind of become more politically involved, mm-hmm. and and this has kind of been a long process, right? Like Qui Gon's kind of an, an a gem as far as you know the Jedi of the Republic go because he's the kind of guy that still believes in the force and still believes in a lot of the old ways and a lot of the philosophies and you know he studies on prophecies and all this sort of thing and and Yoda is is like a good example of a character who is just kind of beyond his uh like his life is like stretched out right so so he's in the stage of his life where he's almost kind of like completely been blindsided and and like over over time i think he's just kind of slowly been sucked into this kind of you know political ritualistic thing that the jedi have got going on that you know in the days that we see them in the he, he's in the, let in his the guard down essentially uh, yeah and and also like with the rise of the dark side in the galaxy at, at large like and and palpatine's kind of uh grand plan you definitely like, and it, it's apparent that like, um, he says it in attack of the clones. He says that, uh, it like blind we are if the creation of this clone army, we couldn't see. Yeah. And, and it's like, he, they are completely in the dark, like, and you know, and, and Mace may says in response, like perhaps we should inform the Senate that, uh, you know, the use of our ability to use the force is limited or something like that. Right. Like, and, and it just goes to show again, like how in tune there are with the politics of the Republic at this point, like to the point where it's like, yeah, we got to form, inform all these politicians that we can't foresee the future anymore and all this and that. Right. Like it's all very political and kind of like blah. And, and it's like, you know, like, like they, they, they get taken aback by like the, the most obvious thing because they their uh their trust in their own ability to use the force is is diminishing with with the dark side and like rising in the galaxy and i don't know i think it's almost as if they're uh it's definitely a weakness that they have at this point and uh it's a matter of trying to find a way around that but but Yoda is not one of those characters who is looking for that alternate route. It's not until it's too late that we kind of like realize uh, that he realizes that he's failed. And and after he battles Sidious in episode three, he says that. He says like, failed I have. And, and uh, this is a failure that not just talking about the battle that just happened, like he's talking about the entire demise of the order he's talking about the entire fall of the republic the whole rise of palpatine everything like he's failed over the last like 100 years and it's been a very slow process yeah i mean he kind of like i said he let his guard down and he kind of let the <laughs> quite you know quite honestly the most obvious things go kind of go under his nose he let he let the the 
the politicalness of this entire situation just kind of cloud his his judgment. Um, because I, you know, I do think Yoda being who he is, uh, you know, if he was a hundred percent in the mindset of, you know, let's say Episode Five, you know, he's he's you know he's <laughs> he's, yeah. he's he's hermit he's hermiting right you know yeah, he's, yeah. he's a, too old too old to complete the training <laughs> yeah yeah he's he's you know he's 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 crazy at this point you know he had a, he had a hundred he had yeah. how many years of war right he 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 felt he felt that he failed and he's like ah, i gotta go to dagobah and yeah, <laughs> he goes yeah, to dagobah yeah. and you know he's 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 just there and he's he's a crazy guy there's no one on the planet yeah. it's just him you know mine mine <laughs> yeah Exactly. Exactly. But uh, um, it's a much it's a different character almost. <laughs> definitely. But I mean I would say that, you know, the the difference between say episode five Yoda and the prequel Yoda, they're two different characters. Because yeah. I think if if we had a Yoda that was more in the mindset of episode five, he'd he'd be crazy, right? Fair enough, but he would have mm-hmm. that judgment where you know he's just that much older and he's just like no you know the all this politics all this stuff it, it just it, yeah it it, it, it it didn't help it's, anyone it's also like it's also come down to other things like even minute details things like the things like the midi-chlorians for example like um like the Je- like the jedi are just so wrapped up about all this stuff that just doesn't need to and it, you, you know me like i've already explained like how why i think midi-chlorians are, are actually like kind of a cool explanation for th- some things but but uh but i also appreciate the fact that they don't talk about it in the original trilogy and and i think it also kind of goes back to all this political side of of everything and how kind of what the jedi order has kind of come to at this point um because we see young anakin skywalker tell tell qui-gon he asks him like hey i heard yoda talking about midi-chlorians what are midi-chlorians like not once do we hear yoda tell luke about midi-chlorians you know like like it's like it's almost as if he's learned his lesson and and yoda at that point in time is just kind of re-embraced what it means to truly kind of be a jedi and and he needs to be that way because he's training luke who is supposed to be the only survivor of the jedi order like as soon as he and as soon as he embraces it luke is the only one left Uh and and uh and you know, he's got to have the best kind of possible training that he can get and, and, uh, you know, like hope to the force that, that Yoda is able to kind of like, uh, do that at this point in time, after, after learning all his lessons, um, and, and then years in the future, I think one of my favorite moments out of episode eight, just to be positive for a minute, um, is that, part of the biggest thing in that movie is that failure is is like the biggest lesson right and um and yoda when he comes to luke he teaches him one last lesson before luke finally you know passes on to the force um is that is that failure is is the greatest teacher of all and it's only through their mistakes that they really have learned kind of what the right choices are and and uh and how to go about that right and part of that is uh, what it means to be a really good Jedi or what it means to be a true Jedi um, is, you know, not how they were being in the prequel trilogy. It's uh, it's how it, and and he only knows that because he had to go through the failure uh, that he 
dealt with at the end of Revenge of the Sith, right? So uh, it's a very complete story arc for that character. And and I think like that's one of the most, you know, that's, that's one of the best things I kind of appreciate about about that particular film, at least, you know, one of the minute things that I, that I do find uh, a, a very like awesome quality kind of in, in sync with the rest of Star Wars is that conversation between Luke and, and Yoda. Yeah, I, I did enjoy that scene uh, in particular from The Last Jedi as well. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, but overall, like the, the other than little moments in those movies, I mean, the little moments, they don't they don't make up for, um, you know, <laughs> the rest of the uh, two The hours. direction of story. Yeah, the direction of story, of course, like is not something yeah. we're, we're the most pleased with. But, you know. Yeah. What can we do? Um, All right, so yeah. let's uh, let's get on to the next episode here. Slaves of the Republic. What's that fortune cookie? Yeah, so um, it, it says those who enslave others inevitably enslave themselves. Oh, uh, become become slaves themselves. Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. Those, um, yeah, those those who enslave others inevitably become slaves themselves. This is kind of an interesting one because, uh, you know, it's kind of true. Like those who enslave others inevitably become slaves themselves. So this is in reference to the queen of Zygeria, who's the queen of all slaves, basically, right? She runs the Zygerian empire. Yep. And she, what we come to learn is that she still has a master and it is Dooku, right? It's essentially, it's just the dark side. Yep. And, and it's like, you know, it's like, where does the line get drawn? Because, because like, yeah, she's, she's wrapped, even though she's the master of all things, like there's still a greater power that controls her, whether it be a person or a faction, or maybe even as far as the Jedi are concerned, it could be a government. Uh, like there, like it, it appears, you know, and that's where the title of this episode comes from slaves of the Republic. This is not just talking about the Targruden, uh, the Targruden people like being slaves right like like where this is in reference to the jedi who are slaves to what the queen in this episode refers to as a corrupt republic uh that they are slaves of the republic you know have for forsaken their ideals to serve a corrupt senate um that was like huge stuff right there yeah um and and it's good that you brought that up because interestingly enough as um as she kind of reveals that to Anakin, I believe in the, or it might have been in this episode, but whenever she reveals it, um, you know, Obi Wan at this point, for example, he doesn't, he he doesn't necessarily see all the corruption. You no, know? he's 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 exactly. Just, he's just doing, he's just doing what he's told, trying to do the best that he can. He's trying to be the best that he can be with the teachings of his master, Qui Gon. And yep. anybody else, um, but Anakin, he's like Yoda. He's like Yoda in that sense, where he's not yeah. seeing like the like the the depth of how corrupt things actually are, right? Exactly. Whereas characters like Anakin, you know, at this point in the war, he's starting to see the bigger picture, um, and he's. Although, know, although we did get that, we did get that episode, the heroes on both sides episode, where his his point of view though was like very simple, where it was just like, oh yeah, well, the separatists believe the republic's corrupt. And they're wrong. Like, and he's got that little, and that's when Padme kind of takes Ahsoka aside and be like, okay, I'm, I'm going to teach you what politics is all about. Right. Um, so I think at this point, like it's possible that he's kind of opening himself up, but he's opening himself up in the wrong way because he's starting, he's starting to kind of, 
not not like politically wise like kind of understand how what th- what's going on as far as like the corrupt side of the senate goes but he's starting to kind of uh like what you say like just kind of get the bigger picture of things um and i think that's as far as um kind of understanding that going beyond the jedi beliefs and and uh you know the jedi kind of code uh, he's starting to realize that the more he does that, the more he actually gets success out of it. Yeah. Um, and it, and it goes back to how certain characters have their own style of, of, you know, of how they do things and their own style of, of how they think. Um, and Anakin, you know, at this, at this point, like he, um, you know, he's, I, I find that uh, particularly this point, kind of midway through season four from what i've seen i don't know what's to come but from what i've seen so far uh he's very um i'm not gonna say indecisive because i don't think that's necessarily the correct choice of wording but he's very um kind of like his 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 uh his his perception on like what's corrupt and like what's right and what's wrong it's it's yeah he's very easily swayed yeah. Yes, he's easily persuaded by by you know uh, emotions, easily persuaded by emotions, one thousand yeah. yeah. percent, right? So yeah. emotions, you know, uh, just current events, you know, uh, a situation that he might find himself in. Oh well, if I have to force choke this dude to get some answers, okay, let's force choke him, right? For example, right? You know, so he's very. Uh, he he's very uh, he's very emotional, and he he makes. Not all his decisions, but a lot of them based on emotion and you know attachment to to, to other things and other people. Um, yeah, you know, Ahsoka is kind of a good blend of of everyone who's kind of taught her. And yeah, Obi- she's the only one out of the three of the Jedi that we've seen through this arc that I think really understands when when the Queen calls the Republic uh, like a corrupt Senate. Like I think she's really the only one who's kind of like at le- this point kind of really had experience with understanding what that means from especially seeing that heroes on both sides episode where she meets the the bond terry family yeah kind of seeing both sides of the picture like not not necessarily you know still still being you know uh, for the jedi you know all day Mm -hmm. long but in the fact that yeah i can see that you know some political decisions they make you know they they sound like they're you know well-intentioned right but they they you know the delivery and yeah. the impact of that decision is quite the opposite it had a negative impact you know yeah you know taking over a planet and and gaining it back to you know take it away from the separatists uh, yeah. kind of disturbed the people of this planet for example and you just kind of sway things over and you know rather than you know saying one thing and you know we mean all the best their actions kind of messed everything up um, yeah like their actions don't reflect their words kind of thing exactly even though they yeah. really do in a lot of in a lot of episodes they really do mean well but you know you can clearly see it in certain episodes like it does it does more damage than than the good it's intended to do in certain aspects um, yeah definitely but um but yeah um i mean this one i didn't i didn't really i didn't really write down a whole lot i was kind of um that's oh, right. I I noticed that Zygeria kind of reminded me of a Star Wars version of Egypt. I thought that was really yeah. interesting. 
Yeah. I thought that was like really interesting because like Egypt, as far as, you know, as far as we know, like had a massive slave empire in massive. our reality. Yeah. And, and it's like, uh, you know, Zygeria kind of has that aesthetic to it when you look at it. Um, very cool. Like a uh, very cool kind of uh, resemblance there. Uh, you know, once again, kind of Star Wars mimicking, uh, you know, reality and just like our kind of like world inspiration that that it draws off of right yeah definitely um and that's that's good you brought that up because i I wrote down like the outfits uh the the zygerian armor that anakin ahsoka and obi-wan uh they're all kind of sporting oh and rex as well um at the beginning of the episode it's really cool they have these like masks they look very you know like sophisticated you know professional right and then yeah um you know ahsoka has you know uh, a slave kind of attire right but it's mm. not uh you know it's it, it looks when it's like she, the princess leia kind of equivalent garb where it's like slave but it's also supposed to be this extremely like you know attractive kind of like sexy outfit sort of thing not very slave like right you know when i think slave yeah. I, I think you know rags you know like just uh, torn clothing or you know just broken down spirits uh even though we do see that in this episode and the next one but um, yeah I, you know i think like as far as the slave is concerned like some there's like a certain like hierarchy of kind of like quality of slaves too right yeah so like like what makes an expensive slave is like oh well they're clean they're well taken care of like they're uh they're dressed well like they look they look like specimen right yeah uh, and then there's like yeah and then there's cheap kind of old raggedy slaves like the 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 chief of the torgrudas even though he's an important figure in the torgruda culture uh he's just an old dude with a raggy kind of like shirt and pants on that you know like kind of hobbles around all over the place like nobody wants to buy him he's cheap right so um yeah so like again it's all about kind of like how well can they actually serve a purpose of any kind whatsoever mm-hmm. uh in in Jabba's palace like Leia's purpose was to serve as basically just like some arm candy pretty so much. And, and just to serve drinks and stuff like that right like like that like that was pretty much and dancing dancing like that that's essentially it's just kind of like her version of slavery was just like what we would probably call like an exotic dancer but you know not by choice <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know like, what i mean like something like that i w- yeah i wouldn't say like a you know i wouldn't go as far as saying exotic dancer because she's not naked or anything but uh well i mean star wars is still pg right but I mean, yeah, like, like you can kind of take it in that regard that it's like the i think the equivalency is there as far as kind of how other people perceive that that particular position uh as a slave like what what is her purpose right it's not just for shoveling dirt and working like you know like she's beyond that level of like of cost right yeah more more like you know you go to a fancy restaurant and the servers they're all uh you know they're all dressed very um you know yeah uh how their dress is kind of uh enticing right and it kind of kind of influences uh your tip amount a little bit but uh, yeah exactly it's also it also for those particular waiters or or like using a chef for example like because uh like a chef like who's worked at denny's you know might get a job just as easy at ricky's but going from denny's to like 
the keg might be a bit of a, a, a too big of a jump, right? So it's almost like there, there's always this hierarchy of like importance and like past kind of reputation that kind of follows you, right? So I think like when you have like a beautiful slave girl, like even though slaves in the word, but, but still like, even though she's owned by somebody doesn't necessarily mean that she's got to be this like raggedy kid. Right. Like, like it could, it could mean that she's just like, you know, essentially well taken care of, but also just like sporting like nice clothes that can look presentable in, in the, in a place like the queen's palace. Right. Yeah. Like, uh, you know, a place that, you know that that eventually turns into a slave auction, but yeah. uh, you know even even her outfit is very much like like you said it's kind of like has that Egyptian kind of look. Like when I yeah when when I saw her outfit, like that's instantly what I thought too. I was like, that's kind of like an Egyptian like I'm not gonna say goddess, but like you know those um, you know those those paintings or whatever that yeah or even indian like very almost like indian inspired culture where it's like vibrant colors and jewels and everything hanging off yeah indian north african that sort of thing um yeah yeah Yeah, definitely um yeah i think uh one one thing that i did like uh it's i wouldn't say it's super important but just something i noticed uh there was a scene where anakin um is looking for ahsoka or no no, Ahsoka is kind of like she's a she's a prisoner, right? And this Nigerian is uh, kind of she he's got like this um, shot collar around her neck, and she's in a cage. She's meditating, or you know, kind of Yoda kind of style, you know, eyes closed, very Zen in her zone. And then mm. this Nigerian, you know, starts you know toying with her and 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 says says things like, "Oh, you're you're nothing but a slave now, and I can't wait to I can't wait to buy you," or whatever he said. And, you know, she just very calmly, you know, uses her arm and just kind of tosses him over the roof. And like he he doesn't yeah. fall. Right. But she, he she totally himself. could have just if she was Anakin in that position, he would have just sent him flying. Oh, no, definitely. definitely. <laughs> yeah. But but again, just another reminder of like that Ahsoka is not Anakin. And even though she adopts his his like techniques half the time, she still has this moral high ground over Anakin's uh, methods. Right. And yeah. actually, in the third episode, we see a, a quite a bit when she kind of frowns upon his decision to straight up like kill some of these Nigerian soldiers, and her her probably her actions would probably have been to knock them out and disable their weapons, right? Uh-huh. So, um, yeah, that's that's kind of like a big difference there is that she could have just killed the guy so easily, like. Uh-huh you know, with a flick of the hand and he could, he could have been sent sailing, but yeah. You know, and then we see Anakin actually do this in this very same episode. He literally just takes a dude and tosses them over the edge. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, like there, there is kind of this contrast being made between the two of them. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, they're, they're very much, they're very similar in a lot of areas, but Oh, so different in in in, in morally in, yeah yeah in in terms of morality and just the grand scheme of things like they're they're two totally different people yeah. um yeah i mean that's that's pretty much all i have for that one i don't know if you got anything uh, to add for i noticed that anakin's charm and cool and his uh uh, improvisation when he meets the queen and his his undercover character right oh it's great um, g- gaining it's so gaining the queen's trust basically oh yeah there's some moments that like make you cringe but it's also hilarious to watch because 
you just kind of at this point, like Anakin in the Clone Wars, we don't really get this too much in the movies, but um, mostly because in, in episode two, I mean, he's kind of this like, uh, you know, like amateurish kind of like hot headed guy. And then in the episode three, like it's it's this very kind of quick turnaround to feeling really depressed because his wife is about to die. So like during the, during the course of the war, like we see his kind of more what's a little more believable as like the, the young boy who kind of grows up. Right. And uh, like the boy that we saw in episode one, it's uh, like Phantom Menace, but uh, like, you know, he's kind of cocky, hot headed, uh, you know, very full of himself sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And, and like it's actually it it kind of comes uh, it comes out like to the max in this episode like 100% uh, and it's just really entertaining to watch because like you know that he has full confidence in his own abilities and it's at this point where we see him kind of like sweet talking the queen where he's even like able to like flirt with royalty to the point of like gaining their trust and it's like man like what a guy like nobody could pull that off like obi-wan could not pull that off uh you know like even even ahsoka couldn't pull that off like he is just so good at like what he's able to do right there um even though it's cringy like he's just he's just good at what he's doing yeah 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 he's uh like it, it made me cringe for sure, but like he, he's his he's very persuasive. He's got that, he's got a, uh, he's got enough ego to sell the the character that he's trying to pull off. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like a Jedi mind trick without waving your hand. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, um, the next one, it's the final episode in this arc. It is called Escape from Kadabo. Um, yeah. Yeah. So. Oh, actually, uh, real quick, did you notice that throughout kind of the past? I think it's throughout the past two. You see it in this one as well. But um, Anakin's determination, uh, he kind of taps into that a little bit and into his anger, especially when he's kind of being like held down by all those electric whips and everything. Mm-hmm. And the queen kind of like also says something about it. She's like, oh, the determination. But uh, like we're, we're seeing him tap into his anger to kind of like stay strong on the battlefield. Yeah. Uh it, you know, very he he taps into his anger, which is led by you know fear and stuff, and he, again just giving into his emotions and very much so kind of forgetting like the, the ways of the Jedi and how he's been taught. He just kind of says, "No, uh, you know, I I'm not going to do it this way. What what's being done here is wrong, and I don't want I don't want this to happen." Right? I mean, he's he's not a slave at this point. He's he's been free for so many years. He's He's seeing other people going through the same hardships, uh, you know, trials and tribulations that he had as a child. And he he's disgusted. He doesn't want that for anyone. And he still puts his best foot forward to kind of stop that. And, um, you know, like it's good you brought that up. He's being he's being shocked by these uh, whips. Right. And he. He, he he's clearly he's taken by all four limbs right he's being shocked on his neck everywhere um and you know we kind of see his fist kind of ball up as uh, there's a shot of his fist kind of like clenching a little bit and then it kind of just goes soft because he's like like you know he's, he's being shocked right but like he's mm-hmm. just you can see his drive and he just he does not want to give up because he's so well, he hates angry. slavery so much that he's just you know like he's just got so much more determination than anyone else there 
Mm-hmm. Uh, also, at the very end of this episode, this also carries into the next one. But the queen kind of knows that that he was once a slave. Mm-hmm. So, so this kind of also enters into the next episode as well. So, what's what's this one called? Uh, this, um, this one's called Escape from Kadabo. Um, the fortune cookie on this one, it, uh, it, it's, it's pretty good. It says great hope can come from small sacrifices. Um, and you know, what I liked about this arc is that every single fortune cookie is so relative to the particular episode. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, that's, yeah. yeah, we had uh, we saw Obi Wan in slavery, uh, which will you know that was kind of a shocking sight. You almost never expect this, you know, super important Jedi Master that we know as you know the guy who eventually takes Luke Skywalker under his wing as well. But um, you know, it's just crazy to see him like as a as a slave, you know, like yeah. getting a taste of Anakin's life. And, and funny, it's good that you brought that up because there was an interesting scene where he's he's kind of like there's there's kind of like a slave I'll I'll call it a slave factory right it's kind of like you know it's kind of like a, a very uh, you know degrading work and they're just shoveling you know what looks yeah like it's like cold. a slave processing plant like exactly. to train them to yeah. train them to break their spirit so that they're hopeless basically exactly like it's you know a little auschwitz kind of thing going on but uh yeah. uh you know it's it, it was interesting because we, we know obi-wan who he is and he, he you know he means well and even though a lot of the decisions made by the republic that there is some corruption behind them you know he in everything at least obi-wan does he really means well right yeah and it was interesting because we see a slave being whipped and he's saying he's saying to the the zigerians who are whipping this other slave he says you know it was my fault uh you know kind of take it out take your anger out on me and then they get pissed off with obi-wan they say you dare uh, a slave dare speak to me in in this manner or whatever and then you know they 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 kind of give it to Obi-Wan a little bit. And then at the end of it, you know, as, as the Zigerians walk away to see the next slaves, Obi-Wan kind of goes to comfort this other slave. And, and the slave very quickly says, you know, keep away from me. Jedi only make things worse. Um, yeah. And, and it was interesting that that part stood out to me because like I said, you know, Obi-Wan, he, he, he means well. And so many people are starting to see, especially at this point in the show and in the Clone War, I mean, so many people are seeing things in a different perspective, you know, because how many thousands of generations do we mm-hmm. do we hear of Jedi being, you know, keepers of the peace, you know, very non-hostile and this, that, and the other thing. And then, you know, they're being enslaved and all he's trying to do is just kind of comfort you and kind of say, you know, like, we're going to get through this, right? sort of thing and, and yeah. he clearly says you know i uh, don't talk to me man like get it get get away from me and yeah it's just you know like it, it's kind of sad because you know, we know deep down he he really means well and he doesn't want this for anybody but the, yeah like what just, we're yeah just, go ahead just the general view of the jedi is just tainted at this point in the war and it, it, it yeah. just it really puts a bad name name to them yeah and and uh yeah, and that's exactly like what we see in this episode with kind of 
Obi-Wan kind of taken down to this level we're, we've seen what we're seeing here is kind of a an express version and, a, and a, an echo of of kind of how the galaxy perceives the Jedi by the end of the war as well because uh, just in this one episode we see Obi-Wan go from Jedi master to Jedi slave yeah. and uh, and and also everyone else losing hope in that Jedi and by the end of the Clone Wars people have lost faith in the Jedi to protect them people have lost the uh, the ability to trust in in the republic it's become tainted it's become you know corrupt it's become completely wrecked and everything and to everyone in the audience of the republic in in the senate everyone except padme who has a much greater and and bail organa uh and her kind of uh, Mon Mothma, all the people kind of involved with the early days of the rebellion, mm-hmm. uh, like to everyone else, though, it's it's a thunderous applause when 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 it's announced that the Republic is going to be reformed and reorganized into the Galactic Empire, because everyone's like, yes, we need a change, we need something to fix our situation, because we are so down in the hole right now that we 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 could you know, let's give everything to this guy. This guy is the guy who got us through the war. He's the guy that's uh, survived an attack on the, on the Jedi who just tried to assassinate him. He's the, like, he's our, you know, he's our guy, right? Like that's like, they've put more faith in the chancellor uh, than they have in, in the Jedi. Like people have just lost faith in the Jedi and, and it's this very slow process. But what we're seeing in this episode is very nice echo of that. Um, in how, you know, the spirits of the Jedi being broken uh, definitely reflect in kind of how others perceive them as well. Because, you know, you can't be a guardian of peace and justice if if you're if you're not uh, actually bringing peace and justice. <laughs> exactly. Uh, Sorry. Nor nor can you be like a a, a a bringer of hope if you're if you're a hopeless guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, and it kind of brings it back to the to the 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 big point that's being brought across the show is that you know people people even though they have all the intent the they they may sound like they paint this picture that like we mean well i mean you don't know who to trust because you know one guy could come off as a good guy and he actually kills you or kills your friend or whatever and you know the bad guy might actually do something better for you that actually kind of helps you out and your planet and your people whereas the jedis they they their actions are perceived to have done you know, a wrongdoing to you, but you know, it kind of, it really, it, it really kind of affects how different species of aliens and humans or whatever, um, you know, they can't trust anyone. Um, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, They've definitely lost a lot of faith. And, and at the very beginning of this arc too, like we saw the Togruta people struggle with kind of what faction to choose. And, and, uh, when the separatists kind of enter to, basically kidnap them all uh you know the, i think like they've definitely made the same mistake that rodia and moncala made in the past by joining with the separatists and then regretting it later on right so there's this there's this immediate kind of like loss of faith in the republic for a, many uh for many systems uh and that's already kind of at this point in the war like it's been it's been going on throughout the whole thing but we're seeing it more and more and it's not just the loss of faith in the Jedi. It's it's like it's a loss of faith in the Republic. And because the the Chancellor, being the mastermind he is, 
he's making the Jedi out to be the face and the template of the Republic army. So, so like, you'll notice that at the very end of this episode, like, uh, the clones and, and all that, that show up all the Republic gunships and everything, they're called Jedi reinforcements. Uh, the, the, the Zygerian guy in the chair, um, on the processing plant, he, you know, he calls them Jedi reinforcements. I was like, Oh, that's interesting. Like, I wouldn't call them Jedi reinforcements. I would, I would call them like, oh, the, the Republic armies here or something, right? Like, like Jedi reinforcements is not kind of like the, the, the term I would use to describe in a legion of clones and one Jedi there <laughs> as well, right? Like, like, I don't know, like a Jedi reinforcements almost, I think of like Jedi reinforcements being like, all the Jedi showing up in the Geonosian arena at once, you know, like that's freaking, yeah. yeah, like that's freaking Jedi reinforcements right there. But yeah. Um, yeah. So it's interesting that they've kind of like the chancellor has essentially militarized the Jedi and, and it reflects, everyone is seeing this, everyone is seeing this and they're being blindsided into believing that like these Jedi are just these hip, uh, you know, hypocrites that, that go about wielding their lightsabers, calling it peace. But um, yeah, so Dooku shows up uh, and uh, we saw this interesting quote from Palpatine explaining that long have Sith empires been built upon the backs of slaves. And he, he explains that we'll need millions of slaves to, to create, uh, well, to essentially to form the, what becomes the empire, right? And Dooku's involved in the grand plan, obviously. But um, I think this whole thing about getting the Sith, the, the the slave empire back up and running again is greatly beneficial to the grand plan and to the creation of the empire. Because when we see the creation of the Death Star, uh, we know from various books and comics and video games and everything that the Wookiees are actually enslaved as uh, imperial slaves to, to, you know, work as uh uh well as slaves <laughs> uh, to help build uh to help build stuff for the empire right and even even chewbacca is one of those slaves that we see in in solo that you know and he's uh solo rescues him from uh from imperial captivity but um yeah like the the wookies are definitely one of the races that are sought after for being uh, uh a very useful race as far as their strength and 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 encumbrance goes like you know they they're greatly beneficial as far as like slaves go they're probably one of the most valuable races out there mm-hmm. for the empire mm-hmm. um let's see yeah i mean this one uh let me see so so uh dooku speaks with the queen um and and says you know she does he doesn't really like the queen's plan uh you know it's not fully to his liking or how he would go about it but you know being that he, she kind of has uh these three jedi kind of like in the palm of her hand uh so to speak you know he mm-hmm. he, he wants them executed and if not he will personally do it um and yeah um you know, he, he, he force chokes the queen, uh, Anakin shows up and they have kind of like a face off and Anakin doesn't have his lightsaber. He just has this, uh, you know, electrified whip. Um, but it was still kind of cool to see that, um, to see them do it like that. But, you know, the, the Sith and the separatists, it's so funny how so many systems, so many, you know, alien species, uh, and even humans, they, they fall for 
their tricks and their antics. And when the Sith finally show their true colors, it's too late. You know, yeah. and it, it's like, oh man, like, why do we go with this guy? And, you know, like, Dooku chokes the queen and she eventually dies from this. He, does, he doesn't kill her on the spot, but I guess just the injury uh, alone has kind of, you know, uh, just kills her. Uh, and, and it eventually does. But, um, you know, Dooku, Dooku kind of does does this thing so often where you know he 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 paints this picture of like look we're we're the guys you want to give us you know full operation through your system you want us you like you want us the separatists to to kind of flow through um your system to kind of you know uh expand on trade or whatever um but he never delivers and when he delivers it's so it's it's always such a minuscule thing where you know the the receiver of of said benefits that that is promised by Dooku it, like they're so blindsided they're like oh he gave me he gave me this uh you know tomorrow is going to be better and it's going to get better and better but it never does and when the jedi are there to yeah. kind of expose everything and stop the plan then they find out it's like oh it's too late and then you know they die by Dooku's hand or you know the separatist hand or whatever a droid a b1 kills him or whatever yeah and it's so funny how you know people people don't see you know who the real bad guys are but you know again that goes back to the whole thing they don't know who they can trust and especially in a time of war i mean it's just really like who can who can benefit me. I mean, I don't I don't really know this guy, but you know he sounds like a decent guy. I mean, let's let's open yeah, our trade. You know, let's let's do business. But it always bite kind exactly. of exactly. And it's also just public perception too, because at this point, the Jedi are being painted as these these bad people, right? Like, and the Republic is being painted as this corrupt Senate, and it is, you know, like like for the most part, but. At the same time, it's like that's the whole reason why there's a separatist, uh, uh, you know, uh, action in the Senate, right? Like there's there's a separatist movement uh, because the separatists uh, had initially good intentions of leaving the Republic for the reasons of staying out of the whole corrupt, you know, government. But at the same time, they're being blindsided too because they're being led by a Sith Lord. Like they're being, they're also being led by Dooku. So it's this very interesting situation of like the separatists at one point had good intentions to leave on behalf of their own systems because they knew that it wasn't beneficial to stay in the Republic. But at the same time, they've just gone to a, the the other side of the same coin, which is, you know, just as corrupt. Like it's being led by a different Sith Lord, which is also in cahoots with the guy who's leading the Republic. Like, you know, it's all the same. Like everyone's being deceived. Everyone, everyone's being deceived. And, and that kind of brings light to Obi-Wan's comment about how, how everyone was deceived by a lie. Uh, we all were, you know, including Anakin, um, is what he says to Padme. So uh, yeah, like, uh, I don't know where, uh, where we, how did I get onto that topic again? I forget. Uh, <laughs> I just kind of, I just kind of trail off. But anyway, um, we saw. Uh, so the uh, Rex had a cool little kill, kill killing the headmaster. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like that one. Uh, so you know, uh, Obi Wan and 
Rex, they they've kind of been in, enslaved, right? And they're you know they've got these shock collars on them. They're finally released, and then Obi Wan kind of grabs his lightsaber, and as he's going to go kill this kind of slave master, uh, we can see that you know the slave master says, uh, you know. It's it's against the Jedi way to to kill an armed on I'm an unarmed man. Yeah, a Jedi would never do such a thing. And then Rex just kind of spears this guy with this you know electrified spear, and it goes right yeah. through his chest. And he's like, I'm, I'm no, no Jedi. I'm no Jedi. Yeah. And uh, you know, it was funny to see how like even in that scenario, I mean, like, I mean, yeah, it's not good to kill someone even if they're unarmed. But I mean, look at all the the the. Look at what he put you through. I mean, yeah, it was short-lived. Fair enough. Oh, Anakin would have killed that guy right away. Oh, right away. No, like, no question. But, uh, but you know, Obi-Wan kind of goes back to that, you know, just, like, think before you do kind of thing. Um, so, yeah, that's one thing I, I really do enjoy about uh, Obi-Wan. Yeah. And it's one of those things like that, that all, it, it all, it all comes back to kind of like how we're seeing the progression of Anakin go from this, this, uh, you know, this guy to killing like unarmed people, uh-huh. like, like we know, even though we never got to see it, like we know that if Anakin were in those shoes, that guy would have been dead like two minutes before even Rex got the jump on the, on him. Right. Oh, yeah. Like, like, yeah. And, and this, the death was satisfying though. He goes like his stupid hover chair goes flying into the, the screen, his TVs and, and he's <laughs> <laughs> like big splat, big blood splat on the screens. Um, that was that was satisfying, but yeah, uh, I mean, Anakin would have killed him before he's even put in oh, shackles, yeah. right? Oh so, yeah, so, totally, yeah. totally. It just goes to show, though, like how it's almost it's almost hard to see, like if unless you kind of stop to think and talk about it. But but yeah, like like we're we're at the point now in the show where like earlier on it was less apparent, but now it's almost super apparent that we don't even need to see him do something, and we're already gonna know what he's gonna do in that situation like it's super obvious what his intentions are half the time and uh you know and even killing it this all goes right into his kind of final tipping point where he kills dooku Mm -hmm. and takes off his head uh you know an unarmed man but uh and then the chancellor kind of sweeps it aside temporarily he's like yeah well you know he's too dangerous to be left alive (laughs) yeah yeah yeah, like, do it and yeah. <laughs> do it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, yeah, I do. I do love that scene. What, what, what? My, you know, that scene. What's so good about it is that you know he finally gets his revenge. Like, dude, you took off my mm-hmm. arm uh, a couple of years yeah. ago. You know, here's your head, right? But it's cool to see. You know, this is pre-Vader before he's even pre-Vader, right? Um, yeah. And and he's got that red. Uh, lightsaber which is you know obviously dooku's but uh it just that money shot where he's kind of he does the the motion of the x kind of on dooku's head and then it's just he kind of moves each lightsaber to his side i love that and then he 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 brings them back in i love that part um very awesome scene uh just that shot but um yeah i mean that's that's Mm -hmm. that's that's pretty much it for me actually one last thing i did want to mention uh plo koon uh you know his his wolf pack kind of his uh um squadron his little legion of uh of clones. the wolf pack yeah the wolf pack i mean I, I love their armor i love like I, I love all clones uh you know they're all unique they're all you know have the, have a big sense of character development throughout the show but something about the wolf pack is just they're very like every time i've seen the wolf pack it's always like boom 
get it done, you know, no, no messing around. And it's just yeah. kind of like to the point. And uh, yeah, they really yeah. do a good job. Yeah. Yeah. Here to do a job and let's get it done. Yeah. Wolf um, is hardcore. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, I, I, I think it was very poetic that the, that the slave training post, whatever, whatever that place was epic explosion. And then like, you know, the music is like some of the best we've heard in the, in the arc and, and it kind of, you know, in a big cloud of smoke, like just explodes and sinks into the depths of this planet. And I think it was just really poetic that like it, it kind of, cause that's, that's how they executed all their slaves. Right. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and it's just really poetic that the place that was doing all this terrible stuff just kind of goes out the same way. Just like exactly. sinks and in, sinks into the depths. Yeah, gets a taste of their own medicine. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I think yeah, that's, that's pretty much it for me. But um, that's all I got. Yeah, uh, but yeah, awesome arc. Um, and uh, I don't know what anything anything kind of last last few words to say. Yeah, well, um, you know, uh, the show's getting extremely good. It gets better and better every episode. But, um, you know, stay tuned, guys. There's so much more to come. You know, thanks for listening. And, again, you know, any any questions, comments, concerns, any feedback, you know, please please contact us. We'll be happy to answer anything you, you wish to ask. Um, so, yeah. yeah, you know, keep watching the show. Thanks for listening, as always. And stay safe. Wash your hands, for God's sake. And, um... That's pretty much it. <laughs> All right, man. Cool. Well, uh, thanks for thanks for coming back. Not a problem. Always a pleasure. All right, and thanks to all you guys for tuning in uh, right here on Star Wars Escape Pod. Always great to have you back. Uh, if you can, please just share this with a friend and uh, kind of get them get them online listening to uh, to the podcast because uh, you know we love to see kind of people people tuning in. <laughs> we love to see that it, it keeps the, it keeps the motivation there, but we do it for fun anyway. So uh, the next arc that we got uh, coming up is the uh, oh we got a, we got an interesting one. We got uh, a bit of a random episode. Uh, which uh, kind of focuses in on Ahsoka and we see an old friend kind of return from uh, uh, when we met him in season 3 as well and uh, and then after that we have one of my favorite arcs of the entire show uh, and uh, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say too much about it but it involves Obi-Wan going undercover and a nice little touch to his uh, the nickname that he uses there while he is undercover, which kind of pays homage to some of the later films, if you know what I'm talking about. So uh, we're going to be getting into that stuff uh, next on uh, Clone Wars Talk. If you're enjoying Clone Wars Talk, leave a review, leave those five stars if you can. Uh, You know, shoot us an email, like Diego said, all that stuff. Uh, Keep in touch. And I hope you guys are enjoying uh, the more recent episodes of the Clone Wars if you are all caught up and you're staying up to date on a weekly basis. So... Uh, that being said, thanks again, and uh, may the Force be with you. See you next time.